0: You're listening to the Tri-State Hockey Podcast, where two hockey fans talk all things devils.
1: Here's a break for Jack Hughes in Chimsey Scars.
0: Rangers by Timmy Paneren. It's a power play goal! Islanders Amberly to the back end! He's got power! Jordan Amberly gives the Islanders the lead! And more. Lightning have won the Stanley Cup! Hello and welcome back to episode two of the Tri-State Hockey Podcast. I'm Joel Negro. Across the table from me is Ryan Botcher, and we are here on Monday the 12th, also known as Trade Deadline Day. It's been an interesting and hectic weekend across the National Hockey League, but mostly in the East and we will touch base on the scores and highlights of the week or half week since we unconventionally recorded last episode on Wednesday instead of a Monday. So not as much to report on scores-wise, but we've got some big trades, and it was another good half
1: week of hockey, Ryan. It actually was, and honestly, last night after the Rangers-Islanders game, there was like a span of four trades in like 30 minutes. Though they weren't like monster traits like big blockbuster, they were kind of rapid fire, and it was kind of weird to see. But, there was uh, one. There was there was one blockbuster. Oh yeah, that was and, that was later. In the comparison. and that
0: was almost at midnight, so the GMs were staying up late for that one. Uh, we will touch base on that after we go through our scores, and we have another guest coming on in the, in a few minutes too. Last week we talked with Bathtub Jake about the Islanders, the Pelic Posse, his. Playoff prediction picks and all that fun stuff, so if you didn't listen to that one, you could find that on Spotify and Apple and all that fun stuff, and you can give it a listen. But, for now, normally we take from Sunday to Sunday, but today, like I said, since it's recorded with Jake on Wednesday, we were starting from Thursday to Sunday, so not as much to go over. But, Ryan, you want to take us through the weekend for the Devils? They lose two players. Get one win and two losses over the weekend, but both losses were against Pittsburgh, so kind of a weekend you expected them to have.
1: On Thursday, they beat the team they should have. They played the Sabres in Buffalo. I think you're expected to beat Buffalo now, even though the Sabres did turn it around this last week. The Devils won 6-3. to three. So in the first, they fell behind 1-0 after Olofsson scored from Joki Harju. Yoki Harju. Joki Harju. Ryan's episode. not the best with names. I suck at pronouncing names. It's like it's like the foreign names. It's not even like yeah, I can get like, the ones that are popular I can get, but like if they're no, like not if they're third liners, second liners, that's an issue for me. So Olsen scored and then the Devil scored three unanswered. Zaka scored two back to back both from Ty Smith and Jesper Bratt. I just found that really odd. And then Jack Hughes after a long scoring drought finally scored. Kuokkanen and Sharon Govich assisted on that one. But then the second, the Devils fell apart again. They, they gave up two goals, and the game was tied. Tage Thompson from Montour Miller, and then Jeff Skinner scored his fourth of the year from uh, Reinhardt and Dullian. I and, don't know.
0: And there was a flurry of goals in the beginning of that game. Olsen scored just 53 seconds in, then Zaka two minutes in, and Zaka, again, three minutes and 47 seconds in. So that game got blown open really quickly. And like you said, a 6-3 win. It was a, a game that they should have won, but fell to the Sabres on Tuesday. So they were looking for some revenge. And the Sabres didn't have a bad weekend either. They ended up beating the Flyers last night, which is, for Philly goes from bad to worse, really. But for the Devils, they were going into a back-to-back against Pittsburgh. And they fell on the second night, which was that was Friday night. They fell six to four to the Penguins. Again, a goal score. We see them put up four goals and give up six. We we talk about this all the time. When they are only giving up two goals, they only score one. But when they give when they finally score four goals, they give up six. And this one, it was Miles Wood getting his twelfth of the season from Brett and Zaka, answered by McCann and Dumoulin. Jack Hughes scored again, so he has goals in back to back nights. Colton Sevier tied it. Or gave Pittsburgh the league back, excuse me, in the closing minutes of the second period, and then Brian Russ, Sidney Crosby scored. And it looked like this game was over, but wait. Jesper Buckwist and Miles Wood scored to make it five four. But then Brian Russ put the nail in the coffin, making it six to four and a another loss for the Devils, but another win mainly for the Penguins. That they have Wins in, I believe it's eight of their last ten games, counting Sunday night's win, where they also beat the Devils, and it was, again, Colton
1: Sevier who was red hot. Yeah, Sevier absolutely dominated that game. I'm pretty sure he opened the game. He had his fourth and fifth goals in the first period, and then Miles Wood got one back from Votnin, who's not even on the team anymore. So, which is, We can talk about that in a sec. It's really weird. And the second, Gensel scored... And then Gensel got 19th. And then Subban answered. Did you see Subban's cut from I the did. skate? I did. That's wild. Yeah, so PK Subban posted a thing on his Instagram or Twitter. And it was like a whole. I've group.
0: seen less things get uh, sensitive, warning, sensitive <laughs> no. warnings on Instagram. And I just scrolled to that. And I was like,
1: okay. No, I was like, it wasn't even like that. It was like the first two were the cuts, right? The first one was a stitch. The second one was the cut. And then the third one goes sensitive warning. I'm like, of all the pictures. <laughs> The one at the end of the slideshow is the sensitive one. The the
0: Stitches one didn't uh, bother me as much. It was the one where his leg was sliced open. I was like, oh, man, okay. But um, in the end, he came back, and I don't believe he missed a shift. At least that was his caption on Instagram. Um, and the Devils end up falling 5-2 mm-hmm. to the Penguins, who are staying hot and keeping up in the pack. And they are chasing the next team we're going to talk about. But for the Devils, four straight games against the Rangers. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life.
1: And it's like alternates. Home, away, home, away, I think. It's home, away,
0: away, home. And then there you have three on the road to Pittsburgh the week after and then three to Philadelphia the week after that. So so this is one of the weirdest schedules I've ever seen. Uh, Granted, this season is all full of that. Even on this season... I've never seen anything like this. Four games against the Rangers in a row. And then three and then three. So they they have a lot of the same team. So in the next three weeks, 10, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten they're playing ten games
1: against three three teams. I guess that's what's happened when the COVID outbreak happens a little bit, but, but it's not even back to back, though. It's all every day it's, like, it's every other day, each game. Maybe it caught up to them, maybe I don't I don't know. Maybe I don't know. You see the Boston ones later in uh May. May 3rd. They May 3rd and 4th they play Boston back to back. So I don't know, just really weird scheduling from the NHL. I mean, I get it and it makes a lot yeah. of sense. Play the same
0: team. So half of the season series against the Rangers will be done this week. next week or this coming week and that will wrap up their season series with the Rangers so they have played them four times and they'll be playing them Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So wait,
2: they
1: play wait, wait. So the Devils play the 25th, twenty fifth, twenty twenty fifth, twenty 29th, ninth, the first.
0: They because of their COVID oh, outbreak, they have a very
1: very tight schedule. That is just straight pain for the Devils, and they're struggling too. So it's like. So it's going to be a tough week, and and for if you're the Rangers,
0: this is a huge opportunity to claw back on Boston and Philadelphia. I that mean, time. you have four games against the Devils. I would expect them to win three of them. That's my prediction. Lock it in. We'll see on Monday if I'm right. Moving along to the team that stole two of the longest-tenured Devils in a trade that I think they won is the New York Islanders. The Islanders went 2-1 in the half-week. It was an all right weekend. If you told me you would get four out of the six points from that, I would say, okay, yeah, I'll take it. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh, they really didn't deserve that at all. They did not deserve probably any of those games as they're gelling a new group together with the addition of Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. And we had talked with Jake Wednesday morning, and he were talking about different moves, and then we go home, and there was a trade. So by the time the episode was posted, it, was, it wasn't it was even accurate, but that's Okay. Uh, They get Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac for A.J. Greer, Mason Jopes, a first and a conditional fourth that if they win the Stanley Cup becomes a third either this year or next year. So hopefully they'll be sending over a third pick also. Um, And and for those two, they were in the next day right away. And you're starting to see, you saw last night that it's starting to gel and it's starting Mm -hmm. to work. Zajac. I mean, Paul Mary scored. Zajac featured. On, the assist in overtime. He didn't get an assist, he but didn't get an he, assist on that. he didn't get an assist, but he, in all reality, plan. he had an assist because he was the one who tied up the defender for, for Barzell. And so it's starting to work, but you saw the first two games, the Kinks weren't really there. I mean, the Kinks were there. And in the first game, they escaped from Philadelphia with a Sorokin shootout save. He was outstanding, stopping all five of the Flyers in the shootout, and you really got to see his athleticism in that
1: one. Honestly, I feel like the, we play the Flyers. The Islanders play the Flyers, either in overtime or the shootout, like every time this year. It's it, a safe bet for sure. It just it always happens. Like from since the playoffs, we've been playing the Flyers like in overtime nonstop.
0: And so, if we go through the scoring. Islanders popped two on the board early from Nelson and Eberly. Nelson's was from Pulak and Beauvilliers at 6'10", and Eberle's was from Komarov at 7'13". And Nick Albe-Cubel, unassisted, would get one back off one of the weirdest goals you'll ever see, off the blocker, off the top of the stick, and down into the net. No one really knew it was in In the stands. Um, I had the pleasure of being at all three games this weekend. Well, not Friday. Friday's wasn't a pleasure, but I was there. And... Um, and then in the second, Voracek would tie just 3 minutes and 20 seconds in. And that was it for the scoring. If you go to the shootout, Eberle, Couturier, Beauvillier, Patrick, Barzell, Giroux, Bailey, and Konechny were all stopped before Brock Nelson added a goal and Farabee was stopped by Sorokin and the Islanders take away the win. Move along to Friday. Well, we'll talk about Friday next. We'll, we'll, when we focus on the Rangers, because that was a Rangers win. But last night... What a better time for Ryan Pulock! Oh, there, there really was no, no better time for Ryan Pulock to get a goal there. So, Palmieri and Pajot score in the first. P- Palmieri is very early on the power play. He gets his first as an Islander from Nelson and Bailey. Pajot scores with 7.6 seconds left in the first from Eberly and Barzell. And the Islanders are feeling really good. And then the Rangers showed up. It's almost like, which Islanders are you going to get and which Rangers are you going to get? Are you going to get the 8-2 Rangers? Or are you going to get the the bad Rangers? Are you going to get the insane defense Islanders? Or are you going to get the second period Islanders?
1: And in the second period, we saw the second period Islanders. They're so... They they, they sucked, just to be straight out. They they sucked. Libor Hadchek. I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Scor- no? What? Hayek. Hayek? Okay, I okay. I by by the end of this up. by the end of this season, by the I will end of learn the season Ryan will every be better European at names. names. But it was from Kako and Heedle. I know those two. So Kako had a really good week. He had I think it was four assists and a goal. So
0: Kako played well. He had a really good opportunity also. There was worked. like a one timer on the right dot, perfect spot, and he whiffed on it. That was in
1: the first period, I believe. And then Brendan Smith scored his third from Zabinajab and his first ever career point, Kravsov. And Zabanajad,
0: late in the third period, I remember I was seeing, like, on the other side of the arena, but I had a really good view of the goal, and it was on one of the Rangers' power plays, and Zabanajad wound up and missed the net, but Sorokin didn't even leave the post yet. He had no clue the puck was in front of the net, so if he hits the net, it's a goal. And he just completely missed, and everyone was like, oh, man, <laughs> okay. They were, they were really on down to the wire there. So, like you said, Hayek and Smith score. Third period was kind of a back and forth of not really many chances. Wallstrom hit one off the outside of the post, outside of the net. With about two minutes left, the Rangers hit one off Mayfield that hit off the crossbar. Um, somehow I missed that and I was there. I didn't even know it hit off the crossbar. And then there was a late uh, shot that was easily saved by Sorokin. And then we'd go to overtime. Um, and, and it was Barzell, Zajac, and Pulak. And I was really confused in the stands. I said, why is Zajac out there? It should be Eberly. Then he immediately almost scored. And I was like, okay, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> and then he loses the faceoff but wins it right back. Let's Barzell send it over to Ryan Pulak. And he sends home the overtime winner for the Islanders. And no better time to grab it than then. For the Islanders next week, they have a couple days off. Before facing off against the Bruins, who recently acquired a very large name in Mr. Taylor Hall, they get Hall and Curtis Lazar for Anders Bjork and a second, which for me is mind blowing because I feel like that's like walking for pennies. Then they get—I feel like that would have been the return it's for the just Sabres. Hall.
1: It's the Sabers, man. I—I
0: I, get—I I feel like that would have been the return for just Hall, but somehow was, they get Lazar I feel also.
1: Like- and he's not even, like, they're retaining, like, half his salary, too. Yeah. So that's even a bigger win for the Bruins.
0: So I, I can't, I don't believe the return on that, but it is what it is. And then after the game last night, the Islanders got Braden Colburn for so. a seventh round pick. So basically for free. And uh, that's just death defenseman. They were
1: getting clowned on Twitter, the Senators fans. They were just like, this guy literally, I don't even know his name he's not going to play so it doesn't matter can never have too much depth and the
0: islanders coming off a six game homestand will go on the road for three more they'll go boston thursday friday and philadelphia on sunday before being home for three more next week and last but not least as we have our guest patiently awaiting the rangers from thursday to sunday had a pretty decent uh uh, they, they got a c- couple points. 1-1-1. Um, one one, one. one, one, and one. They, they come back from beating the Penguins 8-4 to four and fall 5-2. to two. So, like I said earlier, it was just which Rangers are you going to get, the high-scoring ones or the one that we saw on, on uh, Thursday night. And uh, it was Tristan Jari making 22 saves after being pulled Tuesday night. Radim Zahorna got his second of the year. Blackwell, who has been on a bit of a tear, and we'll talk about that in a second, tied it, and then it was all Pittsburgh. Latang, Rodriguez, Zucker. Kevin Rooney would respond, but not not before Mark Jankowski would make it 5-2, and that one was just a wash, really, for the Rangers. And, and then they played Friday night, and they looked fantastic. I mean, that was one of the best Rangers games I've ever seen. They shut down the Islanders and really went to work, and Georgiev again went off. He made thirty-one saves. I, I, I he owns the Islanders. And and that's a topic I want to talk about also in a second. So it might be a good time to bring in our guest, but I'll just go through the scoring. Lafreniere got got the game going before Blackwell made it two nothing. Andrew Green's first of the year pulled the Islanders within one, but that's as close as they would get as Miller and Zabanajad would close it out in the third, and it was a Rangers win. And then like we had just said, they took a point from last night's game also, so they are getting points when it matters,
1: as they are in the hunt for the playoffs. Yeah, they're only currently four points out of the four spot behind Boston. But and granted, they played two more games.
0: Well, Boston, for the real thing is to see how Hall can work. If, they can get, if he could get the Bruins going, I think it's their spot. If he continues to struggle, I would not be surprised at all if you see the Rangers swoop in. But for more on that, it is the best time to welcome in our guest, at the current moment, he has 11.4 thousand followers on the Instagram account, NYR2020 underscore. Please welcome my buddy, Nick. And, uh, Nick, welcome on. We're happy to have you here to talk some Rangers. How you doing?
2: Can, can you guys hear me? We yes. can
0: hear you.
2: Awesome. How you guys doing?
0: We're good. We're good. I, a bit I'm of a, little,
2: a... I'm a little nervous. So
0: Don't be nervous. We're just here to have a conversation, talk Rangers, see if any trades happen while we're live. Um... I know Adam Gaudet just went to Chicago, and the Oilers got someone else too, Dmitry Kulikov from the Devils. The Devils are on fire, so yeah. So Nick Rangers had an all right weekend. Um, I just want to ask you while we were talking about the schedule, we saw. We'll get into your page in a second, but Alexander Georgiev went absolutely off against the Islanders on Friday. He made 31 saves, and now he's 7-2 and two against the Islanders. Why is he so good against them? I, I, I can't. I don't understand it.
2: I mean, some goalies just play better against certain teams. That's, that's just how it works. Um, after watching Giorgio playing against the Islanders for several years, it, seemed, it seems like all the fans always want him in net. But when you watch a game like last night, I wouldn't blame Igor for the loss either.
1: No, the, uh, Yesterday? So he played really good yesterday. They were insane, both so goalies. Igor
2: played pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: So I think some goalies just go in with a certain confidence against certain teams.
0: I mean, it works. Years ago,
2: Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Howard at MSG, for many years, would always shut out the Rangers. So, he would give up one goal, two goals. So, some goalies just have it. And I guess teams are more confident in front of the goalie.
0: All right. So, before we get back into the NHL news, you could just take us through so you run a, one of the most popular Rangers fan pages on Instagram right now, and it's, oh, it's I many years old. It, it, I mean, you have 11.4 thousand followers. So what, what was the start for that? I know it was a couple of years ago, and you just kind of wanted to do it for fun, but what inspired you to do that, and what inspires you to keep working on it?
2: Well, I started the page in 2014 because of Tyler, who you know. He also had a page before mine, I don't know. I've always loved the Rangers, and him making his account inspired me to be like, you know what? Maybe I'll make one too. And something about interacting with all the fans who think the same as you—it's it's fun. It's it's an everyday thing. So being able to run not only a successful account but something that I enjoy to do—it's it's different.
0: Did you ever think you would get this big?
2: No. And I didn't do it to get big. I did it. I enjoyed posting, having a few hundred people to interact with. Being surrounded by Islander fans, it's nice to kind of go on there and see some Ranger fans for once. But you know, you meet people who you, they stick around for a while. You have followers that have been following you for four or five years. You never met them, but you know they're always commenting and liking. And you meet people, and it's definitely more than just you know, posting pictures and giving updates.
1: Have you had a interaction with a fan that's like, you just remember off the top of your head, like at a game or something like that?
2: Well, I've never actually went live. And I've actually never even revealed myself on my account. So that's definitely something I've thought about is actually like going public with who I am and all that. but. It was actually definitely people along the way. It, it was pretty. Fu-
0: with me. It was pretty funny. Last year, I was in class last semester, and it was some news about Ryan Strom I don't know what it was, and my friend turns around, who was a big Rangers fan. And he goes, "Yo, did you see this Strom news?" And I look at the account, and it was your account. And he's from Staten Island, or he's from. Brooklyn, somewhere in the Brooklyn, city I think. and uh i was like what what are the odds so i was like it, that's pretty crazy like out of all the accounts he shows me it's yours
2: and yeah, it's definitely it's it's something when even people I, I know from here follow my account but they don't know it's me so they'll show me the picture from my account i'm like oh yeah that's, that's my account <laughs> so it's definitely weird when my friends around me who don't know i have the account show me something that is from my account so to see it get around like that is kind of cool.
0: And you're the one Rangers page that I follow, so I keep an I keep tabs and I show support. Um, so moving along to the Rangers itself, we've seen Panarin and Strom playing with a line line mate, that not many really would have thought of in Colin Blackwell. What have you seen from him and, and how he just seems to be showing up and he's got a decent amount of goals on the season as well. What what have you seen from him and has it surprised you?
2: He reminds me of Zuccarello just a little bit. The way he moves around the ice. He's always in the right spot at the right time. I didn't know who the guy was coming into the season. And to see him have, I think, 12 goals this year, I feel like he's always in front of the net. He's always there that pest who is cycling the puck along the boards, but he's definitely surprised me. And I definitely wrote him off a couple of weeks ago, but to see him score goals in, I think four straight and five of six. It's, you know, it's helping the Rangers win and especially on the power play. He's, I think he's playing first line minutes on the power play. So whatever I can see works, him being right? a po- maybe a possible trade piece, but I mean
0: if you if for for the Rangers who are like trying to sneak into a playoff spot and make that push, I I I think it would be foolish for them to trade him because it seems to be working. And, you know, we've seen them make some trades to fit guys in like Kressov and all that. And he seems like he's gonna be someone who's really good. He got his he's first NHL open. point the other night. He's
2: definitely he's definitely been very noticeable in the first five games.
1: Didn't they misspell his name on his first ever yes. game? Was that an extra B? I, I think
2: it was his first home game, the practice jersey. It had I the, think
1: it uh, was his
0: actual jersey for the game.
2: No, I think it was – it might have been actually. But I think it was on the, the Lady
0: Liberty jersey against the Penguins because I was not like, not I can't the, believe that. Not their
1: you have not. one job.
0: Yeah, that's the guy's <laughs> one job. Hey, welcome to the team. We're really excited to have you here. But I'm going to spell your last name wrong, right? So –
1: Ryan, you have
2: oh, well, definitely a pleasant
1: surprise. I was going to talk about uh, Brendan Smith because, on the NHL app and other news sources, they're they're saying that he might be a possible trade asset for the Rangers. Would you be open yeah, to if, moving him?
2: If there's one guy that they're going to get rid of, it's definitely Brendan Smith. I would say, I think pretty sure it's a f- free agent this this summer, and he has a four plus cap hit, and the Rangers definitely have someone who can fill the spot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: with Reuninen, uh, who had his first point in his first game, the only game he played. So I definitely think if there's one guy who would get traded, it's he's the guy. And yeah, by all means, you know he's not a huge deal-breaker here. Whether you're trading or you don't, it's just one of those guys where you can easily be replaced.
0: And, w- and would would you like to replace him with that depth that you have already, or would you be looking for like a – Uh, bottom pair defenseman in return but but obviously the main goal is just to get rid of the cap hit and whatnot.
2: well the cap isn't so much an issue he comes off this summer so either way whether you get rid of him now or later he's not really going to make an immediate impact on the cap but no if he does get traded definitely uh, I'm not looking for a bottom 6 guy bring up the young guys get them going we've seen that with Kako and Lafreniere and Kravtsov coming up now Just play the young guys you know, this team isn't – they're not staying the cup bound yet. And playing against teams like Boston and Pittsburgh and the Islanders and Washington eight times out of the year for this year only, it's its good experience for these guys to come up and play some tough games, you know, blow leads late. It's a learning experience. You know, even the 5 nothing wins, the 9-1 wins, all that, they mean a lot. And also those blown leads late. And, you know, it's all a learning experience. Putting Hedl out last night in overtime and having him turn the fuck over. Which obviously led to the game-winning goal. Mm-hmm. It's good. There's positives that come with negatives. And definitely bring up the young guys and have them learn. In an unusual season. When right next year they can come out in a full 82 and show what they're made of.
0: And we've seen a lot of the Rangers bringing in the youth, like you said, Kako and Lafreniere, and we could talk about them more later. They they've been, you know, they, they were underwhelming to start, but I think you're starting to see them gel and 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 find their game uh, as they get maybe a little more acclimated and and and. Feel like they're in the right spot and they they get that a little bit of strength on them because you know you have to think they're they're our age and they're younger than us. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. crazy
1: to think that. I'm like I'm I'm like, damn, what did I do wrong in my life? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, then I'm sitting here talking about them, right? But, um, it's just like you you're starting to see them. It was the same thing. Like I know we're here to talk range, but if you compare like Kako to like Noah Dobson, like last year they didn't look like. They fit in really. They were too small. They are getting bullied around, and now this year they're both finding their own. And I think you'll see the same thing with Lafreniere. And used to. He's starting to do it already, Lafreniere. He had a really tough start, but he's getting. You you can see that they're building up the strength, and they look like they're going to belong, and they're definitely going to be a big part for the Rangers' future. Um, I know your comment sections can become a bit of a war zone after a bad game, and a lot of the hate or not hate, but but. frustration Frustration with the start that Lafreniere had what have you seen from his game and how much have you seen it develop already just in a small sample size of a season
2: I I feel like people off the gate expected way too much from a kid who's 19 years old he didn't play in the world juniors he's coming into a new team NHL no less and you know people expect McDavid numbers and Mm -hmm. you kind of have to be realistic and just build on his game and have him feel comfortable but lately i feel like he's getting chances he's getting the puck he's moving the puck the points the points will come you know the rangers have been a very good defensive team this year so i feel like it's more get his defensive game going first get him comfortable on his own end and then work on getting the offense going offense is going to come you know the points are going to come but if he can be a good two-way guy all around you know that's really what would benefit him the most but he's definitely been much more noticeable and definitely should have been out there for overtime but we're not going to talk about that
0: (laughs) we can always question overtime decisions i just talked about i didn't understand why zajac was out there and then he went and like almost pretty much got an an unrecorded assist on the goal Uh, so it's sometimes you can question the coaches so i know we can actually talk about that. A lot of people aren't happy with David Quinn, and they don't particularly like him. I don't know your take on that or what his decisions have been. I mean, because before he was a coach of the Rangers, I had never heard of him before.
2: I, I don't know. it. I feel like there's always that one person that every fan is to blame, and it's always the head coach. I mean, Barry Trotz is Barry Trotz. I think the Islanders are really good because of him.
0: And he still gets blamed. I think you can,
2: I think you, I think you can be really good because of a coach, but you can't be really bad because of a coach. The players still got to come out and play. You know, the players, they choose their own destiny. You're going to miss an empty net. It's not David Quinn's fault. Mm-hmm. And put the puck in the back of the net. You know, they they don't shoot the puck as much as they should. But the coach is always the first person to blame. And, I mean, I think it's 50-50. I'm not going to say the season's a wash because of David Quinn. The players got to play.
1: I messed with David Quinn. Honestly, yesterday Kreider he got a delayed game penalty when he threw the puck over the, the side, and Kreider got basically not benched but like demoted. And he went all the way down. Get demoted. I like that from a coach. You you do something stupid, you deserve to get penalized. You see it with Trahson and everything, like Barzal being benched and taking like his his shifts away. So I. I like coaches that are harsh on players, but, like, to a certain level. Like, if you're doing... So not Tortorella? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. um, Tortorella is... He he might get fired, like, really soon.
2: Uh, Rangers fans are ruthless. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens... 75% of Rangers fans don't like David Quinn.
0: I feel like that's what happens when you uh, have New Yorkers who are the ones criticizing you. (laughs) They are ruthless people. Every sport...
2: Their thing is, is that... They don't, he doesn't play a lot for the and top-line minutes. But you're talking about a top six that already has Panarin and Zibanejad and never tried Strom. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are difference-makers. They're going to play over the kids right now. Maybe not right now because the kid line is really looking good. But when you have all those star power forwards up front, it's going to be tough to give everyone 20 minutes a night. It's not possible.
0: Real quick, it seems like – it looks like um, Matias Janmark is going to Vegas for a second and maybe a third. It looks like, like San Jose is going to gonna be involved too.
1: San Jose is in everything now. They were in the uh, in the Taylor Hall trade too. No, a first and a four Felino. They're in the Felino trade.
0: Yeah, so it looks like they're just helping, they're getting picks for – Basically nothing. For holding some salary. So that's just one trade that happened while we were on the air, and it looks like Kulikov's having an immigration issue with Canada and all that, so that's all fun stuff. But, uh...
2: How about Taylor Hall not getting a first round? Pick I mean, one. he
1: has two goals.
2: True, but this is Taylor Hall.
1: Taylor Hall scores, like, one goal I it's a
2: bit of an under. I feel like that's a bit of an underwhelming return. For I-, I
1: could not so believe you- that
0: that was... The return the, 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 the return <laughs>
2: it, they traded was... Taylor Hall Lazar and
0: and that's and, and for Bjork and uh, a second
2: stall and Eric Stall and then he get one first round pick back in either oh, of those yes, deals to the Canadian.
0: I mean, it, for the Bruins, the, uh, that yeah. is a, an absolute steal.
1: Bjork didn't live up to his potential, so well, Taylor Hall won the Hart trophy. That's not you know, but I feel like that's even That's not taken lightly,
0: even if you just said. Even if you just multiple said it was time. Hall for Bjork in a second, I would have been like, all right, like, oh, that's, that's fair, I guess, because the guy has two goals and Bjork can be pretty good. but And Lazar, I I could, I was like, that's ridiculous. I, I couldn't believe that that was what they were giving up for that. And I, I don't know. I mean, your take on that, it, it sounds like he really wanted to be a Bruin. It sounds like the Sabres gave him multiple options and he chose Boston. He wanted to be drafted there and whatnot, and now he can be there. I, I think that's a good trade for him but I get your thought on that
2: I mean you know he's, he wants to play in Buffalo right now <laughs> yeah that's he true he wants to strap up and go to Buffalo I mean now he's going to a team that I wouldn't even say is in the hunt they're going to make the playoffs I mean this is Boston they're not going to miss
0: and, he's going to go Hall- to a
2: team that's good <laughs> defensively and he'll get his opportunities so he play the power play probably I don't know what line he's going to play on but
1: what happened to... Is Rask back yet from injury? I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. I think he's a big key to the Bruins, honestly. Because how, how far can Halak carry you?
2: Well, they lost 8-1 last night. Yeah. yeah that was... That was... Uh, uh. Comment about them being good defensively. Touchdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so he's going to a good defensive team. All right, they just lost 8-1. I yeah. mean... It's the Capitals. The though. Capitals are on fire. And, and, and you're for them... They see teams like the Islanders and the Penguins who added Jeff Carter and the Bruins adding, and they're not really doing anything, but I really don't think they need to. They kind of seem to have something that works. And so that's something I was reading up, and it's people. It's like, oh, you know, do you have to – if you're the Capitals, do you have to make a move? Like it doesn't matter that everyone else is getting better. Are you confident in yourself? And I think if I was the Capitals, I wouldn't touch a thing right now.
1: I would get some depth, honestly. Like get get a, get a backup defenseman. Kind of what the Islanders do, like, even though he's like a seventh rounder, seventh rounder for what's his name, uh, Coburn. Coburn. He, he brings a presence where he's won multiple cups, and it's just overall. Get depth. Get leadership. Just in case of
2: an yeah, you are gonna make a move. Definitely get a guy. Get a guy who's been around.
1: Well, and the thing with now
0: is you know COVID can bite at any second, so it never can have too much too much depth. Nick, do you see the Rangers making any moves today before 3 o'clock hits?
2: I really want to say no. I really don't think they're going to try and change a thing. I mean, they're not really in a position to sell, obviously, and they're not really in a position to buy either. It's kind of like those minor moves that go under the radar. I don't think you're going to see – no, you're not going to see a big trade.
0: I would say it's um, fair to say the Rangers are in that middle spot right now, but I think they're definitely trending in the right direction with yeah, all these that, prospects. You
2: know, the rebuild's kind of over, and now you just got to wait for it to unfold. Is going to go well or you have some moving guys. But, you know, the only thing we keep hearing about was Jack Eichel.
0: I mean, do you think that'll happen? Uh, in like in the long term? No, 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 not today. Like this summer, next year. Whenever, but right before his no movement kicks in, maybe
2: I don't want to see it happen. But at the same time, the Rangers lack center depth, and having Strom as your number two center isn't the advantage. And Strom down the middle isn't really strong. But you know the return to get Jack Eichel is a little too unpleasing for me.
0: Probably including Zabanajad, right?
2: That's I mean, right after probably. the Hall trade, maybe we can just throw him a sixth and get it over. <laughs> yeah, <with him. laughs>
1: Jack Eichel for a seventh round pick. He's injured, so you know, get a little bit of a sale on that.
2: You know, you know, they're definitely going to want a first
1: multiple, multiple I think
2: prospects, won. three
1: firsts.
0: I mean, I I saw that the Islanders were about to give them a first on Wednesday for Hall. It was pretty much the exact trade they said to New Jersey, but. They were about to send that to Hall, and they were the only team that was willing to give up a first. But then New Jersey threw in Zajac, and they took that, which I, I, I'll i take any day. I would rather – I mean, if we would have got Lazar, I don't know. It's a tough spot, but I feel like they made a good move. And you're, you're right. I feel like at this point you could throw buf, uh, buf, uh, Buffalo a stick and they'll trade you their their best player. I mean, um, this is
2: the captain. The that's true. That is true. They're definitely going to want. Multiple picks, multiple prospects, definitely an NHL guy, and maybe a goalie as well. I mean, I don't think it's worth it for the Rangers to start trading potential picks and these young guys for Jack Eichel. I mean, you got to build a core, and I think with the team we have now, definitely over time, hopefully, could be a good core.
1: Would you, you wanna? Deep runs. Would you wanna unload? A contract. If you could choose anybody on the Rangers to offload like a Truba or something like that, who would it be and why?
2: Truba's definitely, uh, improved since the beginning of the season. I mean, honestly, Kreider, as streaky as he is, I mean, at one point he had like 10 goals in four games, but the seven years, I don't know how much per year, I think around eight, but that's, it's too much for me. You know, you want a guy like Kreider around. He's been around, I think, since 2012. But his inconsistency is too much. We saw it last night, you know, first couple minutes of the game, takes a penalty on the score. Now he's going down, getting demoted and not really helping much. I don't think he scored a goal in a while either. But definitely Kreider. And Rangers don't really have many big contracts outside of Panarin and Truba. All well, their guys are on their entry levels, so if I had to choose one, definitely Pryder, even though I like the guy.
0: Yeah, and it seems, score goals. it seems like the Rangers are—they're filled with a lot of youth, entry-level, smaller contracts, and they have a really good prospect pool. Also, do you? I mean, that could be an issue down the line, but for now, I think it's definitely the recipe for success, and one. Speaking of young prospects coming up we we've seen we saw last night for the first time two good friends battle off each other
1: uh, Ryan, you can talk about that a little bit too so Shaturkin and Sorokin weren't they they're they're teammates for the Russian qualifiers right for the national team I believe yeah and it's their first ever game against each other I feel like with this these two goalies there's not just a new york new york rivalry but like do you think there's a little bit competition between them and what do you think of each goalie in the future between them?
2: I mean, I I think Soroka is played out of his mind. Lately. I actually watched their shootout win against Philly, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And every save he made was unbelievable. Igor is also very good, but he's been played with injuries lately. and I know he hurt his groin, which I feel like you'd never get rid of those injuries. But he's definitely definitely one of the better goalie prospects in the league i mean he's made some unbelievable saves but the team in front of him has to play good too and i think a goaltender is always only as good as a defense in front of him so definitely i think with barry Trout's system i just don't really allow many goals anyway so just make those two three four tough saves a game and they're gonna keep winning
0: and, and it was definitely weird for me to see them like chatting it up at center ice and it's like it's supposed to be this hated rivalry islanders rangers everyone in the building is hyped up you're you're bi- bantering back and forth because you truly hate the other team and then you see the two young star goalies like chatting up at the halfway line and it seems a little weird it's like you know it's it's weird to see them like be friends and whatnot because these teams are supposed to hate each other I, i'm assuming you feel the same way or just maybe not as
2: much but it does at least seem no, a little no I, I like seeing that because, you know, as fans, we're so into hating the other team and, you know, wanting the other team to fail, but we forget that the players maybe don't think like that. You know, there's friendships throughout the game, and it's cool to see other the guys and other teams being friendly. Or the opposite, and just hate each other and really show it during warm-ups.
0: Yeah, they, they so. gave the little, you know, smack talk on the halfway line. Hey,
1: let's go. No, I, I
2: definitely like the stick taps, and especially for the – I love goalie love. Yeah, definitely.
1: You, know, you can't hate goalies. I want to see a goalie fight. I don't know. I just want to just, – just randomly thought, like – Mike Smith last year? We were close. This year was almost Bennington, right? He almost had a fight.
0: Oh, I mean, that
1: was against no, he, Dubnik. He, he would have got his world rocked.
0: I mean, I don't know what's been up with him. He, he he seems to have a bit of a temper issue, and he seems like he could be a bit of a douchebag. Like, when he's talking to the reporters, like, do I look nervous? And then he goes and he's trying to fight every single Sharks player. Like, he could be really good, but
1: he's, he needs to chill out and check himself. Ever since he had that, that bet with Justin Bieber, he hasn't been the same. It was like Justin Bieber, the shootout. You do this, out doing donate to charity or something like that. He hasn't been the same.
0: No, I mean, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, he, I mean, he definitely has the potential, all the potential in the world. You know, winning the cup and whatnot, I just hope it didn't uh, – tournament to someone who's like pretty egotistic and whatnot but obviously for the most part hockey players are great guys and um have you had the pleasure of of meeting any any hockey players i think i know the answer to that but i'll let you i have not on social media have you at least interacted with anyone um
2: no as far as i've gone was a dm with k andre miller
0: uh, he's well, someone else we it. could talk about, too, if you want to talk about that. How exciting of a prospect is, is he?
2: He's good. He wasn't supposed to make the team. He was supposedly a year off when training camp started, but David Quinn said he was a lot further along than he thought he was, and he's made some good plays. and so Pretty strong in his own end. I've been able to make a turnover, but that's just experience will come. Definitely a surprising player. Start the season. Definitely someone who I've looked forward to watching every game. He does. He goes right along with the young guys. I think he's 21. So.
0: Yeah, he seems like he's fitting in really nicely there. And he's
2: he's taken over power play role too, which is definitely something the Rangers need after losing D'Angelo. What
1: what is is he gonna get bought out after this year or?
2: Yeah, he's yeah. If if he's not traded today, which I don't think he will be, because nobody wants him. Definitely will get bought out. Uh, Jeff Gordon said he will never play a game in the Rangers ever again.
0: So where is he now? Do you know? Is he just like on the taxi squad, or like what is he doing?
2: Uh, he requested to get put down to the AHL, but they denied that. So he's kind of chilling at home. I guess just chilling at home, doing nothing. Uh, so I him on Instagram, he's, and he's. I guess, I think he's coaching his Pee team. I don't know.
0: So he's not even on the taxi squad.
2: I think he is, but he's just not playing. He. I think he has to be. He's just not playing like a leave of absence maybe which kind of i didn't really like d'angelo too
0: it's a shame so, that uh I, he feel like couldn't was, really control I feel like there also. was a
2: lot behind the scenes that we do not know yeah i i think that's yeah, he, yeah he's on the taxi squad but
0: getting getting, probably just telling 3.7 that, you know,
2: 7 a year
0: i mean the pot the potential for him was really there and he yeah. was a really good young guy yeah And then he he can't, like, it it reminds me of, like, a better Hosang. Completely different scenarios, but it's all the off-ice stuff that's really just hurt their on-ice game. I mean, he... The teammates liked him,
2: too. I mean, this whole thing went down. A lot of the guys were saying how he was a good guy in the locker room. Clearly, we didn't see the whole story. No, I mean,
0: it was, you know, his issue with Georgiev and... and He also had a terrible start defensively.
2: And offensively, I mean, he was a mess.
0: He he got his ankles destroyed. <laughs> I'm
2: pretty sure am pretty sure we all saw the goal last year in the Carolina series. I think it was Aho completely undressed him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think his offense was definitely there, but his defense wasn't as strong on the defensive end. I mean, and that's okay if you're paired with another guy who's like a defensive defenseman. Yeah. But I, I think for them,
2: yeah. I mean, especially. You know, games are one on special teams, so if he's a good power play guy, you put him out there. You could definitely quarterback to a power play, but you know, late in the game we you need to stop, he's not the guy you want out there.
0: And I, I, I and I'm tr- sure
2: some I'm sure someone will give him a chance. You know, this is a guy mm-hmm. who's definitely NHL, has NHL talent, just not on the Rangers.
0: And I do believe that uh, the Rangers will be okay without him. I mean we just talked about all the prospects oh, they have and they have one of the deepest prospect pools in the league. And you know, if, if you need to get, if you need to lose a guy just to get the, the bad, you know, vibes out of the room, I think that's the best. You don't want to have a locker room where there's tension. You you need you need a family in there. And I think getting rid of him, as much as it might hurt the power play, is definitely beneficial in the long run. After the altercations ahead.
1: had, because like if if you have beef with your your dome teammates. You're not going to click. You're going to hate each other at practice, probably not talk to each other. The communication is going to be horrible on the ice. And just overall, you're just not going to be focused, I think. You're just going to be more focused on how you don't like this guy and how everything else just doesn't work. To, right. To you, need, you need
0: to get along with your team. And that, and that's going to be – that's how any team goes deep, especially now when you can't really do anything. You can't go out and go to restaurants like and spend too much time and travel and see family this is the time. The only guys you're seeing are your teammates, so you you better get along with them, otherwise you're not gonna go far. And I think it, it's got to be tough for players now, but but those groups that are they're becoming well knit, you know, groups of guys, and and they're starting. to – I mean, I'm sure they're seeing. They're, I'm sure they would like to see their family, but they're seeing a second family too, which is which is good. Um,
2: they have plenty of young D guys coming up. In the next couple of years to replace him.
0: And speaking of one D guy who is, I mean, I think should win the Norris, Adam Fox, he he's outstanding.
2: He's unbelievable. I don't know if Norris is the right term yet. You know, he doesn't have that name yet. They're like Dowdy or Carlson back in the day. But he's definitely. I don't know what's up with him. He has Carolina f- traded him five goals and 32
0: points. A five goals, 32 assists, 37 points, and a plus and he, 13. You look,
2: at all of his, you look at all of his advanced stats, and it's ways above everyone else. The blue chart. He's, he's good in his own end. He's good in the blue line. He's good in the offensive zone. He just looked very calm with the puck. He had a 12 game point streak. He's just. And he's a local guy. Su- definitely surprising. I, we knew he was going to be good. Yeah, he's from Jericho. We knew he was going to be good, but I didn't think he was going to be this good. Rangers haven't had a defenseman like this. I mean, since I've been watching, I I don't know. McDonough was probably their best defenseman of the 2010s, but having a guy like him and well, definitely. I mean, Rangers. He's putting up numbers like Leach back in the day. But him and Lindgren are a good pairing you know people overlook lincoln because he's paired with a guy like fox but lincoln's definitely been that stay-at-home defenseman who you can count on behind the net and he's got some grit to him too so
0: and and those are the guys who don't get the credit really you know you have you, if you have a a guy like an adam fox you need someone like you said who stays at home and and it's those defensive defensemen who kind of go under the radar and it's i mean but they're equally important you you don't you can't get the production of an Adam Fox without a guy like Lindgren. You can't get the production of a Headman up front without whoever is behind mm-hmm. him. A, a Pulak without a Pelic, uh Yeah, and it's the same for any offensive defenseman, and that's why I, I was talking. Well, you uh, with our, Nick and I's buddy Paul last night, we were at the game, and I said I would really love for there to be a defensive defenseman award because the Norris is supposed to be best defenseman, but it's best offensive defenseman. It truly is. I would love to see a defensive defenseman award.
1: There's one for the forwards, so why can't there be one yeah, for the defenseman? There's a best defensive
0: forward. Yeah. Like, and what, you don't have is a it, best is defense, it the, Selke? the Yeah, Sulk? the, the <laughs> Bergeron award.
2: <laughs> Basically.
0: I, I think it, it's only fair to show those guys... Like you're, it, if you're going to give an award for defense, it should be about being the best defender, not whoever scores the most as a defenseman because that's not really... In the grand scheme of things, that's not their job
2: the thing about Fox is he'll make the play in the offensive zone, maybe turn it over and then hustle back and make the defensive play. There are so many times where, you know, you'll turn over at the blue line you'll see Fox racing back and he'll break up a two-on-one or a really good scoring chance. So that's, you know, that's what I noticed the most as, you know, watching as a fan. Defensemen, everyone wants them to score, but watching them make a good defensive play to save a goal and then potentially lead to a goal, that's, I think, what Makes a Norris winner. Not how many points you can score, how many goals you can score. Like Brent Burns, he used to score, what, 70 points?
0: Yeah, I mean, he he used to be a beat. I, I really liked Brent Burns. And he's kind of fallen off a little bit. But maybe that's just because we don't really get to see him oh, at same all. With yeah, that was, talk about a disappointment for oh, San Jose. My,
1: that extension. <laughs> you, you, you,
2: I I think the Sharks are really. They have no future.
1: Evander Kane files for bankruptcy, and then—that's a whole nother story. <laughs> That—that's a whole. they're not really
2: part. that bad either. No. You know, eighteen, eighteen and four. That's not terrible.
0: They're like—I feel five. like they're stuck in this middle ground too, where it's like, do you it's sell? To do you buy? That we haven't seen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, normally you only see them twice, We haven't seen twice, the West but, the
2: Central anyone.
0: You know, normally you only see a team like that twice, but.
2: The only mainstay is Detroit just being absolutely horrible. Yeah. You know, that's that's a given.
0: I mean and remember when they used to make the playoffs for, it was like twenty something years straight and now they're just garbage? I mean I guess they had their fun, now it's their turn to suffer like everyone else.
2: They always gave the Rangers problem in the regular season. I mean Jimmy Howard, I don't I, yeah. I told you, Jimmy Howard, he was he was good. They had Morazic too. Yeah, one Sederberg left and died too. What do they have?
0: They have Larkin and mantha that's Larkin about it. That's it so you talk about watching as a fan, obviously lately that's been at home. I know you watch every game, you're always constantly <laughs> posting your updates how how much are you how eager are you to get back into MSG for the first time in a really long time?
2: I mean, I haven't been to a game since obviously pre-COVID. So I really have no excuses to not go back. Having to get tested, it's kind of a hassle. So I don't know if it's really worth it yet. You know, if I'm going to go back, I want to be with 18,000 fans and really go back to the way it used to be. I, I, you go to every game, even now. It's probably not the same to see, what, 4,000 people scattered across the arena.
0: It's not no. It's of course it's not the same. And you know, for me, I'm just uh, I feel it's You're like just happy to be there. Right? Yeah, exactly. It gives me a sense of normalcy. It's something It makes my schedule kind of how it was pre-COVID, and I get the to spend time with my family. And like, yeah, I'm happy to be there. But of, is it the same? Of course not. Absolutely not. No. Not even close. If I was
2: vaccinated, definitely go to as many games as possible. But the whole get tested. You know, seventy-two hours within.
0: Yeah, it, it's it just is, tough to it to
2: schedule a test and lot well, just to go to the city, which I don't really mm-hmm. want to do anyway.
0: I wonder if the Rangers partner with Northwell just like the Islanders did.
1: I'm not sure.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know about that either, but
1: I don't. I don't think so. It is for a for whole hassle. It's,
0: it's a whole hassle, man. It's
1: they are
2: they're offering testing on site. Yeah, I'm partnering with someone.
0: It's probably Northwell. The Islanders are doing the same thing where you can do the 72-hour or you could go and pay 25 bucks, and there's, like, a big tent and you get, you get rapid tested and yeah. then you go in. But, um, no, you know, if it, they it's were not playoff, same. If
2: they were a playoff team and, you know, they were playing at the Garden for the playoffs, I would definitely, definitely go. But for a regular season game where there's not much on the line, the risk, it's not really worth it yet.
0: Well, hopefully in the fall we could see full packed houses and you could be there cheering them on. Um, I mean, a lot to look forward to for the Rangers in the coming years. So you uh, you said before, you don't think they make the playoffs this year? You think Boston stays in?
2: I think so. I mean, I would be surprised. I know they're only four points out, but Boston has two games in hand, and it's Boston. You really think the Rangers are going to take over Boston's spot?
0: Well, I mean...
2: I'd like to be optimistic and have faith in my team, but... Play
0: the Devils, four games.
2: <laughs> the Boston has at least six games left with Buffalo, too.
0: That's true. Know. That's true, yeah. So they cancel each other out. I guess. I mean, put it this way, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers did, but I also fully expect Boston to hang on. I think that's the best yeah. way I could put it.
1: If the Rangers get in, though, that's going to be scary.
0: All you have to do is get in, and it's a whole another
2: season. The Rangers went on a run last year. Yeah. Where they were really playing good hockey. And I feel like they're on that run again. You know, three out of four points against the Islanders and they had that terrible game against Pittsburgh. And then the A four went against Pittsburgh. So they have a they have a chance. I'm not gonna say they don't have a chance. But, you know, when Boston plays against Buffalo, I think I'm pretty sure it's six times. And we finish up the year with I think two straight in Boston. So Hold on, let me get you that. I'm hopeful. Right. Oh. Playoffs would be fun. And it's Especially always... such a young team. I mean, for the youngest team in the league to make the playoffs, that's...
0: And, and you talk about experience. I mean, that's the best experience you can get. It doesn't Listen, matter if they... you're a first or a second round exit.
2: You get swept, you were there. You went through it, you know what it's like. You come back hungrier next year.
1: They got some experience last year, too, in the bubble. And then they got also the first overall pick, so... I can
0: confirm Buffalo six times for the Bruins. Oh yes. my, that is crazy. Is it how many are at home for the Bruins? Uh, two, I think. Yeah, two. But it doesn't really matter. It doesn't win. matter. I expect them
1: in four or five of those. Um,
0: so, yeah, that would be the best experience. And in the bubble, like you said, they, I truly think COVID doesn't happen. Rangers make the playoffs last year. Not a doubt in my mind. Islanders do not. They don't even come close. They were, they hadn't won a game in like a month. It was terrible. I think
2: so. I I think I'll agree with you there. Zibanejad was scoring at a crazy rate.
0: But it ended Everything up – you got like Lafreniere. Was- so, I mean, it's like a tale of which one, right, at that point? Which yeah, one was I mean, better long run?
2: Definitely, definitely Lafreniere. So, they, were, they weren't a cup team last year either.
0: No. I mean, but you never know. I mean, look at Nashville; they made it, and LA when the LA won the cup, they were the eight seed. You never, you eight truly, eight never yeah. know. It's you, you just have to you get in. Rate.
2: But I say this summer is definitely the most important summer in major history in a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They have a lot of guys coming off, which is kind of concerning, but definitely. Like, I think they have. Yeah, I think Hidal and. Other lot of guys come as restricted free agents, and dead cap. They lose some dead cap, and Shattenkirk, and I think Lundqvist's cap goes down as well. So I don't know about any free agency moves they're going to make, but you know all the young core, and you got to add some veteran leadership there too.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: And how have you been? So, impre- you know, uh,
1: have you been impressed with Panarin? far his his leadership? We just talked about leadership. How have you been? if you you know he's an amazing player but like and Aaron
2: is still somehow underpaid he's amazing
1: <laughs> it's like it's like every game I see him get like two assists and a goal it's like it's like it's constant. crazy
2: and I know you guys probably don't watch the Rangers play that much but he, when he's on the ice you notice him for me if, on the pal he always has the puck I'm scared he's always Aaron. making things happen here's a shoot enough his shot's amazing but His his playmaking ability is definitely one of the best in the league.
0: I definitely watched more Rangers games than I thought I was going to, Uh, because if I'm if I'm at home at at night and I don't really have much going on and I'm playing Xbox and whatnot, I'll just pop it on behind me and I'll keep tabs on it. And I mean, it's no question how good Panarin is. He's outstanding, and he
2: without him, the Rangers are a bottom team.
0: I, th- I I that's a fair claim. Uh, I mean, I I do think I mean, it's no secret what what he brings and I he think is he will what be Rick this Nash
2: wasn't. R-
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Years. And and he's going to be a key to their long-term success. Not a, ob- that's an obvious definitely. statement. That's an obvious statement for me. That's my obvious statement of I the mean,
2: day. At 8 years, he's definitely the guy. He is the guy. So He's the one who has to put up 90 points a year. Which is crazy More because the Rangers that. never really had that guy. I, I think mean, had what did he have last, last year? year?
0: He didn't have hundred.
2: I think, he had ninety-four. No, we didn't make a hundred. He definitely would have, but.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, obviously, that's crazy though. I think
2: he had ninety-four.
0: So in weeks and past, we- oh no, go ahead. I'll let you finish up. I keep, keep oh, cutting I you off. I'm sorry.
2: With Sabanajad and Panarin and you know, Strom is somehow good. With Panarin, and, you know, Bushnevich is a streaky, but definitely having a career year. She's got to get Kreider going. If they can get their top six as good as it should be, throw the kids on the bottom six. It's, it's a good mixture of veteran leadership and youth throughout the lineup. Definitely exciting. There's always something to look forward to in every game.
0: And I think it just shows how far they've come along. I mean, they this is one of the quickest rebuilds. I know it's not done yet. But they're shaping up to be one of the quicker rebuilds that mm-hmm. I've ever witnessed. And depth is obviously perfect. And, and it's, exa- it's exactly what you need. And, and depth wins you championships. And that pretty much ties into what I last wanted to talk to you about. Um, so the past couple of weeks, it was almost too early to make playoff picks. But now that the deadline's kind of taking shape and you've seen a lot of big moves... Give me your your conference finalists and and Stanley Cup predictions. I want to hear what, what you think is going to happen.
2: Well, I'm guessing the East will play the East, and then the it, winner of the East so will play the
0: Central, right? It's, um, it's in the division, and then it's reseeded 1-4, 2-3, and then it's best – Uh, regular season record for the cup gets home ice. So once you get to the conference, you could see like a Toronto Islanders Stanley cup final. If the if the stars align, but yeah, so it's divisions and then it gets re reseeded. So you don't necessarily need to say matchups, but maybe like four teams you think that could make it. And then, and then two for the final.
2: Definitely the Islanders. It's just, it's common knowledge. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Too much pressure.
0: There's the jank. No, I'm kidding.
2: It's it after the you know, after last season. I think they'll definitely match up with Tampa, if possible.
1: That overtime off the off the crossbar is so. That goal run free. broke me. I here's my one. Definitely, I think one definitely.
2: Wash Washington Islanders, Carolina, Tampa. It's going to be between those four teams, if I, possible. Like I said, I don't know how the seating is going to work, but if the Islanders I don't think I don't think Toronto Pittsburgh. is Pittsburgh. <laughs> I don't think Toronto is going to go far. Interesting. It's
0: Toronto. Yeah, I would I I would you know, love every for them to. Every year it's be Colorado.
2: Out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't so. be surprised either. I I if Toronto got knocked out in the first round, that'd be hilarious. But <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation.
1: Edmonton takes out Toronto. That'd be interesting. Series. Um
0: if the Islanders could get past Pittsburgh, because they can't seem to figure them out this year, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think it my personal four is Islanders. Tampa, Colorado, and and uh, maybe Toronto. I I can't see anyone like else Vegas. from the East. Yeah, but they can't. It's Colorado. Oh. Like it's one e- Like I I don't see anyone yeah. from the Canadian division tr- taking down Toronto. I I really don't. But I don't see them no, getting no any, f- anywhere anywhere no. past that.
1: May maybe the Oilers. Maybe
0: mm, the their o- defense is so bad. It's the just- oil. Or- no, I think. I think it'll be Toronto in the conference final against whoever. I don't. You can't even call it a conference final because there's no conferences. But I, that'll be the end of the line for them. So they could celebrate a playoff win and whatever. And two playoff round, rounds. and call it a day. So you're I'm way too. you The Rangers make no, it. Everyone's in trouble. You think? All right. That's your bold claim of the day. <laughs> so if the Rangers
2: make it, you're all in trouble.
0: Okay. Fair. So give me your way too early. Who's winning the Stanley Cup right now? One team.
2: I really want to say the Islanders.
0: Man, I, I would hope you're right.
2: <laughs> I do. I really do. But without probably, why can't Tampa repeat? You know they'll get Kucherov back in the playoffs now.
0: Um, maybe that would actually. I you might be right there.
2: So, he was skating weeks ago. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: definitely Tampa, they can repeat. Or Colorado.
0: All right. So, there's your three I think picks. Colorado
2: deserves their cup after definitely. getting overhyped the past couple of years. Well, McCarr no, is just I feel so like good. the Islanders, it's just fitting. Surrounded by Islander fans.
1: It's got to happen at some point. Really a lot good times. for some reason. cursed. like the for were 100 and something years.
0: Well, one day you'll have to witness an Islanders Cup, hopefully it's this year. And then I know one day, Wade, Hopefully, oh, hopefully you, you will hope it's not too far down the line. We will all have to witness a Rangers Cup, so it'll be back and forth. But I'll take witnessing a Rangers with, Cup if I get to witness an Islanders one.
2: I would say within the decade, both teams win a cup. Uh,
0: you know what? That's completely fine with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll fine. take it. If the, I'll, if, deal. if
2: the Islanders are going to win a cup, it's within the next five years.
0: I agree. Their window Maybe is less. now.
2: Maybe two to three.
0: The window is now, and I hope they don't blow it. Like a, uh,
1: I don't, I don't know, like a, a crushing first first round loss or I'm well, I was trying to why, think why of a team. Why wouldn't they win?
2: Goals oh, because the they Islanders. Missing you, you would,
0: they're missing yeah. a power play. Yeah. that's what they're missing. If they had a power play, they would have went to the Stanley Cup final last year. They had a five on three in game two, which they got scored on with eight seconds left. They had a five on three power play in the final like six annoying. minutes of the of a third period. So that's if they can score some timely power play goals, they're good. I said it in August. Well, they're a goal scorer a like and a half decent power play away. Right? Yeah. So there's your depth. If you could have got a guy like Palmieri with Lee still being there, I'd say this is their year, 100. percent. And it's if you can so s-
2: keep. So who do you start game one?
1: And
0: <sighs> uh, Man, I don't know. I mean, I would, I, I
1: would go Varlamov. The for the more.
0: safe bet is Varlamov. It it, it is, but. The upside of Sorokin it's is insane. is the, if if he can fix his rebounds, Sorokin. If not, you got to still go with Varley.
2: When is Sorokin number one? Next year. Next year, I I think
0: maybe middle of next year. Varley's still got it too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for me, so as soon as he fixes they, his rebounds,
2: are they good because the defense is good, or are they just really good? Varlamov,
1: a little bit of both. He has some mental laps. Like, he just falls sometimes and he gives up a goal. <laughs> Sorokin, I think, like you said with
0: the shootout, you see his true athleticism.
2: Yeah. He's he's a skilled role tender.
0: So but the, the defense does also, help him get acclimated. Yeah. So it'll help. But in the long run, his They're talent.
2: they second in the league and goal-out per game.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you so told me that, that five years ago, I would have said that I would have left.
2: A mixture of both, or is that just the defense playing really well in front of their goaltender and the goalie being there when he has to be?
0: That stat, I truly think, is more defense. But I don't think there's any denying Sorokin's potential. Mm-hmm. And and if you yeah. have a guy like that with a defense like that, you're going to be set for a long time.
2: As of yesterday, they were 23rd in the power play ranking at 18.2 percent. Sorry.
0: There's your, I mean, and and when they went on that crazy point streak, the power play was clicking. It, it's it's like for me, that's the only thing they need mm-hmm. to fix. Lee went down. They filled. They got a replacement. That's check one. Now they have three days off until they play. Get a Chemistry. get a power play going with these new guys. You know, Will Will Lee, Lee be, be back? back? Probably not. Well, no, Lee's no. done
2: for the year.
1: Really, he's done for the whole year. He had he we'll had see, like, surgery. Miraculous recovery.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I unless another you know pause happens, I, I think he's done. I don't even think it's a a question anymore.
2: They're obviously a very boring team to watch, but <laughs> definitely up there. And I,
0: I definitely see it. The game I wish. went to in Jersey was a little boring, but uh, winning is always fun. That's how I say that.
2: Uh, I, would, I can't complain about winning, right?
0: Nope. So do you, you have any closing um, remarks about the Rangers, fan page, anything you'd like to say? Because well, we got to start wrapping it up here. We have to go to class.
2: I'm just happy I got to hang out with you guys for a little bit. All
0: it's right. always fun to talk hockey. Of course, and we'd love to have you back on in a couple of weeks before the end of the season if you are interested. To, I think uh, we have
2: about a month left until the season's over, so I think maybe a week before.
0: Yeah, all right. Get yeah, we'll, nice
2: make, picture we'll
0: get a nice picture of what's it done.
2: happening. And then we by can then get then a, a better
0: know. playoff prediction from mm-hmm.
2: you. Yeah, by then, I'm sure. Teams will left clinched, and the Rangers will either be really in it or just, just out of it.
0: All right, Ryan. Any f- closing things, and I'll take us out.
1: I fully expect the Rangers to have a great week, honestly. Versus the Devils, Devils haven't shown really anything, so the Rangers might sneak into the playoffs this week. Maybe, maybe. All right, Nick. They
2: do have four straight first jersey coming up. That's true. So, yeah. If you Want to watch some entertaining hockey? <laughs> four straight, two with the Garden, two in Jersey. So. Those games are always fun to watch. It's a good rivalry.
0: All right, so uh, I will apologize because I like cut you off a thousand times during that because oh, I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't tell. I, it's hard over Zoom when you're not here to bounce back and forth with each other. But um, it was fun having you on. And and again, if anyone's listening new, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Music and all that. Uh, if you're coming from NYR 2020, we thank you for. Mm-hmm for listening in, and if you're coming from Bathtub Jakes, you can give a, a rival Rangers fan a follow on Instagram. Nick, thank you so much for coming and talking Rangers with us. It was a pleasure to have you. For Ryan Botcher, I'm Joel Negro. You've been listening to the Tri-State Hockey Podcast, where we talk all things Devils, Islanders, Rangers, and more, and we will catch you next week with a recap of trade deadlines and the week of hockey that we just saw. Thank you, and stay safe.